Welcome to the Transform Your Wealth and Health podcast, where experts in wealth, health, and fitness help transform your life. Here's your host, Andy Arder. She's a fitness professional, human behavioral and psychology expert, injury consultant, and counselor. Today's guest is Lisa Paranzo. Lisa, how are we doing? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am doing great. This is so fantastic. I'm excited to get to talk to you today. Oh, Lisa, we're, we're always fantastic when we get people over from the pond, you know, the other side of the pond. Uh, <laughs> whereabouts are you? You're going to make me jealous now. I'm always jealous when you tell me somewhere hot. Yeah, I'm somewhere hot. It's San Diego. Oh, so I'm like right. over the pond and then over the whole country to the right. other side. Yeah, yeah, sure. So what kind of weather are we experiencing at the minute? It's in the low 70s and it's sunny out. I think I'm taking my daughter swimming later today. Like it's, you can't complain in San Diego. No. We pay a weather tax. It's an <laughs> unsaid thing, but it's for sure there. But I think we, we've had like three days of rain. Oh, we and could. let's be specific. My rain and your rain are two different kinds of yeah. rain. Mine yeah. is like your sprinkle. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's nothing. Three days on the trot, you know, and if you, if you get a good day <laughs> in between, you know, that's, that's sometimes a bonus. But yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we don't complain about it. Not much we don't. <laughs> I mean, it's fair, but things are much greener where you live than me. Yeah, yeah fair enough then. So Lisa, would you like to take us back to the beginning of your journey because you're super fit and you get involved in all sorts of fitness things and not only that it, it's uh, holistic too so yes. tell us how you got started was the family into this kind of thing give us a bit of background oh cool okay so i well i'm going to take it like way back and i will give you know some solid information because i know that I'm, I'm speaking across the pond so i don't how know how far back do you want to go because we had one guy go back to the room <laughs> i mean that's pretty far not back, that far right? oh okay. no not that far we're good. Right. <laughs> um, so i've always been like fit and athletic and done fitness and that sort of thing and when i was graduating high school i went into the military so there's a few different ways in america to go into the military and the way that i went basic it's a deferred service. So I went to college first and they paid for college with the intent of serving after I was done in college. So while I was in that period of, they call it ROTC here. So it's a reserved officer training corps. So I was in college serving, you know, my military time in that capacity. And I ended up getting really severely hurt. I shattered, fractured mm -hmm. and dislocated my right foot on a training exercise and I didn't walk for like the better part of a year. So after that, my approach to fitness obviously drastically changed. And I tried to do the whole corporate America thing, but I always gravitated back to fitness. Mm -hmm. And Did what eventually was decided. I'm sorry, what? Did you have to leave the military with that injury? I did. So because of the extent of damage to my foot, high impact exercises like running are contraindicated and you kind of need to run if you're in the military hmm. and to the to the army's credit i was in the united states army they were extremely patient with me they gave me time to heal they gave me time to see where my body's capabilities lie after that injury to see if i can meet their physical standards and when i got to the point where i knew that i couldn't and that 
me not being able to would actually be a liability to the other people serving. That was when I got discharged. That it took about four years post injury until I was completely out. But that being said, they paid for my schooling. They continued to pay for the medical bills in relation to that injury and take care of me and all that kind of stuff. So I'm extremely grateful to them for the support that I received because it was, you know, a little, a little bit of a transforming situation in a young person's life because I was like 19 at the time. <laughs> yeah, sure. So what, what regiment was you in? So I was in ROTC. So there's no like regiment. So I was in oh. the United States Army. And then the ROTC program is pretty much out of every major university in America. Mm-hmm. And every branch, every military branch in the United States has an ROTC component. Mm-hmm. So after you left the military, how did you keep going with your, your, your sports? Well, I've never been into organized sports. Mm-hmm. That's not my jam. But I... It took me a long time after that injury to kind of figure out what would be good for my body from a workout standpoint and a physical fitness standpoint and what wouldn't be good for it. So I started getting really curious about like my strength and where my limitations were. And I started getting all these certifications. And then I decided this is what I want to do full time. So I left a pretty cushy corporate America job and decided what I now know is that I decided to become an entrepreneur without realizing that I was becoming an entrepreneur. In a particular <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah. And then a couple of years ago, I decided to go online with my business as well. So I was training out of a brick and mortar. And I also started training online, which was when I launched mm-hmm. a healthful life yeah. as a, a means to train, you know, do personal training online, which mm-hmm. Given COVID has kind of worked out. <laughs> won't lie. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about a healthful life then. A uh, healthful life started a uh, healthful life actually started as a blog because everybody I trained was like, man, whenever you talk about being a mom and like life and adulting, you're so funny and we want to hear your stories and you should write these down for your daughter and all this stuff. And I was like, okay. So I started a blog and then people started asking me like, Oh, I'm going on vacation. Can I have a workout routine for when I'm gone? Oh, I'm going to, you know, I have to be home with my kids on, you know, whatever school break they had. Like, can you give me something? Mm -hmm. And then it started expanding outside of my area to people that I wasn't face to face with. And I thought, oh, well, there actually might be something here. And maybe I should stop giving all this information away for free. (laughs) So (laughs) I started coaching people. And my approach to fitness because of my injury is a lot different than other people's because I like to tailor what someone is doing specifically to them and their goals and what the parameters of even their life looks like, you know, with work and family and kids and all of the things. Yeah. And then when COVID hit and, you know, I can't speak for, for y'all over there, but at least here, all the gyms shut down everything went on lockdown. Yeah, Yeah, same. (laughs) It's it's been a thing. And it turned into, you know, we're in this weird gray area now where like some gyms are open, but some aren't, but they're open under different parameters. And maybe those parameters don't work for the individual 
that wants to go and work out. So when all of this happened, I was like, well, I could just be doing my own workouts all the time and keep doing the private coaching, or I could do all of that and teach workout classes on a zoom call. Yeah. So I started doing that. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> how it's been, working. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And it's been great. You know, it's been really cool because I think that a lot of the people I've been able to help maybe would have been a little bit lost in terms of what to do for their workouts. Yeah. And this has helped them be consistent. But beyond that, the cooler part that I've seen is that it's really helped increase community when in a time that we really needed it. Mm-hmm. The thing I like about yourself is you do so many things that are quite allied to each other, things like the psychology and the injury, the injury fitness as well. So how would a standard sort of program, there's probably not one from what you've been saying, but <laughs> but let's just say someone comes along to you, average fitness, average health, and they want something generalized, what would you prescribe for them in terms of holistic fitness? So you literally just said my answer, which is no one program looks the same. The general outline of how the program looks is the same. So someone comes in, they say they want to do private coaching with me. All right, cool. The first thing that I do is I sit down with them to figure out whether or not we're even going to be a good match for one another. Mm. Because for someone to be successful in this space, I believe at least, you have to have that trust with your coach. Because I need to know those intricacies within your life that could either hold you back or propel you forward. Mm. And if you don't trust telling me that, I I can't help you. And that's okay. Not every person is a good match. Mm. That's fine. No big deal. If we get to that point where we're like, yeah, this vibes, like we're going to totally be able to work together. This is going to be fantastic. Then I onboard them onto the coaching program and we do our first initial call, which is me hearing what their goals are. Like I call it like the where's life at? Like where is life for you right now? What do you want out of your workouts? What is working for you with your workouts? What is not working for you with your workouts? But also what does your life look like? How demanding is your job? How demanding are your kids? How demanding is your spouse or partner? Because all of those things impact your health. So that's a holistic approach, right? Like it can't just be the workout and it can't just be the food. It has to be all of the things. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. We have some people on, on the show. So we've had Olympic champions, world champions, world record holders. We've had people that have fitness programs on TV and they all say the same thing. And this is something that you major in, which is psychology. You have to get Mm -hmm. your brain right to get your body right. So you've got a degree in this. Tell us a little bit about the the psychology of fitness. Well, can I just say that in the beginning of this, that was the hardest part to kind of wrap my head around because the way that I train people is from the psychology standpoint, because I really do understand that if, if you can hone in on that intrinsic sense of motivation and why you're doing what you're doing, that will help you achieve your goal that much faster. Mm -hmm. If you lose sight of it, if you lose a focus on it, or if you start focusing too much on the negative, which is a, a lot of what I'm actually seeing lately which kind of hurts my heart a little, those things will hold you back. 
You know, if you get into, for instance, if you get into a really, really hard workout and you're feeling breathless and you have a visceral reaction, you're breathless, your lungs hurt, you're sweaty, it's hard, your muscles are burning, you feel like your heart's going to explode. What can happen is you're like, well, I'm going to take, I'm just going to take like a little bit longer to get to the next exercise. But your brain doesn't actively say that. You just kind of do it. It's your reaction to the thing. And then that will snowball and snowball. And then over time, what will happen is at the end of the workout, you end up having a really negative response to, you know, whatever it is that you did. It could be that you're feeling like you didn't do enough, that you feel like you didn't put out enough on the work, or that you just hated it that much. Like it was that miserable. You would have rather have been doing anything else besides that. And then what that will snowball into is you eventually not doing the work at all. Mm. And what people don't realize is that's not an overnight process. That could take months. It could take years to get to that point. But what will happen is the excuses will start taking precedence over what your goal is. Mm. Oh, my kid has this going on or work is making this demand of my time or, you know, I have this going on or this going on or whatever. I'll work out later or I'm going to do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow becomes tomorrow becomes tomorrow. It becomes never. Mm. And then, you know, six years go by and you have regressed to the point where you feel really badly about yourself. And you're just in this like dark space. And, and I don't want to see my people get to that. So I understand that finding solutions that are attainable for a person while also working on where their head is at. Mm -hmm. So I focus a lot on the positives. So yeah. every single week I'll meet with a person and we will evaluate what happened in the previous week that we put into place. Did it work or did it not work? And tell me why. Mm. And then we tweak it for the next week. But the telling me why is really key. Like, why didn't this work for you? Was it you or was it it? And how can we change that to make that work for you? And the other part of that too is getting the client or, you know, you know, people, whatever it is to understand that you have to be able to celebrate the small victories that happen along the way. Mm -hmm. My generation especially is like the microwave generation, right? Like we want results in like 30 seconds or less. We want it done. And what people don't give credit to is that it, it didn't take you an overnight 30 second process to get to the point where you feel that badly. It's not going to take you overnight to get to the point where you feel amazing. Mm. So you're really and truly you're working on overcoming the initial thing that a lot of people want to do is like, let's go and do things at a hundred mile an hour. And you're trying to get the repetition going. Might I, might I interpret yeah. that as? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because it's that, they're at point A, right? And they're seeing that end goal, but they're not seeing the incremental steps that take you to that place. That was the word I was looking for, incremental. Yeah, that was the word. Right? <laughs> well, and, I, and I get that. Like, yeah. it, take like a really hard lifting exercise or Pilates exercise. And I just got my kettlebell certification. So I've been teaching my crew a That's lot of that. Right. Too. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I, got, I guess I got bored during COVID. I don't know. So I went with that. <laughs> well, it's funny you should bring up COVID, if I might just interject slightly, because people yes. 
who were previously really fit and got their exercise regimes down to a T have suffered from COVID. People that weren't very fit have gone out and got fit. People, some people are in the middle, you know, like me, they yo-yo. And, and I've been terrible at, at periods uh, fitness-wise in, in COVID, you know, and it, it's just a, all over the place at the moment. So how, what about your clients? How do you try and keep them on the, the straight and narrow? The Zoom workouts really helped. Right. As a means of holding people accountable to showing up, they've created quite a little community amongst themselves that I love to see. But it is also COVID was a hard COVID was a hard thing on a lot of levels from the fitness standpoint. We'll just talk about that. COVID was hard because you're surrounded by the same four walls all the time. Right. So that's where that intrinsic motivation really came into play. And what I saw was that people who could not hone in with that and let that be a means to drive them mm. went the complete opposite direction. Mm. You know, it was, it, it was this big divergence of, <laughs> one of my clients actually said this. She said, I don't care. I'm going to get COVID cut. And then I had another client mm. tell me she was going to put on the COVID-19, like the weight gain. And I was like, it, it described the absolute split perfectly, right? You could mm. go either way with it, mm. but it exacerbated like pre-existing conditions to me mm. when it came to how people worked out and how yeah. they approached fitness. Yeah, okay. So standard person that's listening and they're thinking, like, look, I need to be fitter, you know, particularly if some people have got time on their hands at the moment. Where would mm. you start with somebody? That's a hard one to give a blanket answer to because oh. everybody's actual physical body is different. Yeah. Right. What I would say, if you were like, I want a generalized answer is <laughs> if you are ready to start, then start now. First part of this, you are never going to have a perfect time to start working out. Life is always going to be chaotic. I mean, I swear the to-do list, you check things off and it never gets shorter. <laughs> And I don't know how that happens. It's like magic, but it happens. And the other thing that I would say, especially to someone who is trying to get back into fitness, the easiest place to start is with something that you like. Like if you were to tell me, I really like to, I mean, totally pull this like off the top of my head. If you were like, man, I really like to go hiking. Okay, cool. I'll take that. I'll keep that information. If you were to tell me, I really, really, really don't like running. Why would I put you on a running program? Mm -hmm. You don't like to do that. You're going to find excuses to get out of doing that. Let's put you on a hiking program. Mm -hmm. Let's put you on the thing that I know you are going to enjoy. It's going to have a positive impact. Even if it's hard, even if it sucks for you, even if you're like, I'm over it, inherently you like it more. So you're more likely to show up to do that. Hmm. Yeah. And once you can get that habit established, we can kind of push those edges into other things that you find more challenging. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you also do counseling. Tell us a little bit about your counseling work. I don't do active counseling anymore. Okay. I did for a long time. So I have my bachelor's in psychology. I have a master's in human behavior for mm -hmm. a long time. I worked with victims of violence. 
All right. And I was a state certified domestic violence counselor. And that was actually the work that I left to go into fitness full time, which was phenomenal work and extremely challenging and also extremely rewarding. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a topic at the moment, that kind of stuff. There's been a, a case over here of a woman that, that died. And um, oh. it's just sort of highlighted the whole thing of uh, male violence with women and stuff like that. And, you know, we've had a few demonstrations and, you know, people have come out with all sorts of things to do with police brutality. And it's just escalating and, you know, where these demonstrations have got out of hand and things like that. Oh. So there's lots of stuff around that at the moment. You know, it, it's oh. big. It's a big thing over here, particularly at the moment. If you'd said it a month ago, not such a big thing. But the last month, I suppose, has been has been crazy big on that. Interesting. I I don't mm-hmm. know the. You'll have to give me the name of the case. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it all up and uh, send you something over to have a look in. I mean, it's a, you know, as a case goes, it's probably no different from a lot of others. But it just was at the the time when people thought enough is enough. You know, women are. Mm-hmm. having to look over their shoulder all the time when they walk down the street and the guy that they've arrested for it is a policeman as well so you know were they not, in, and they were in an intimate partner relationship don't know the circumstances from what i've heard it doesn't seem that way no i think she was abducted and killed so oh my yeah just at that time you talking about that subject you know and it just is a really big thing over here at the moment I can only imagine and random acts of violence like that to me are they're just as hard in like a totally different way. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, when I was working in domestic violence, we did lose people. I did see crazy things. Like I can't, I can't even get into the amount of like crazy things that came through the you know front door of where I worked. And what was always astonishing to me, at least within the realm of intimate partner violence was your home is supposed to be your safe haven. Mm. Like the one place where you always feel good and with the person or people, you know, be it your family that you always feel good with and loved by. And it was always astonishing to me in situations like that. And and obviously there's lots of dynamics that go into it. It's much more complicated and complex than I think people even realize from a surface level. But that was what hurt my heart the most was that like, this is the person that you're supposed to trust the most. And it like, that's supposed to give you the absolute best of humanity and gives you the worst. Mm. Yeah. And and that to me was always so heartbreaking because the work that I did, I would meet both sides. I would meet the person who did it and I would meet the person who was on the receiving end and I would work with people long-term and really begin to understand the dynamics within the relationship Mm -hmm. and how things came about, which is why I say it's much more complicated than what people give it credit for. Yeah. And it, was always the most rewarding thing to me to see someone completely come out of it and turn their life around. Cause I would meet them at their worst. I would usually meet them in a hospital after like cops have been involved. Cause I was a second responder. So, you know, medical intervention has usually already occurred or law enforcement intervention. And then I'm coming into them. 
sometimes they want to work with me and sometimes they don't. Mm. But when I would get the people who could really like make that positive change for themselves from either side, that was Mm. always like the coolest thing for me to see. Yeah. Like you say, rewarding work and Mm -hmm. quite a big subject at the moment. So that was the past. What goals Mm -hmm. have you got for the future? Oh man. I just started writing a book Mm -hmm. that with my best friend actually that I grew up with about like finding your tribe and motherhood and kind of all of the things after some discussions that we've had, we are not really at the point where we're even discussing when that would be put out. So I'm guessing that's more of like the long-term thing. And then as far as, you know, coaching and all that kind of stuff goes, I just, I want to keep serving my tribe. And I tell them all the time, whatever I can do to serve them, that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm living in a place right now of kind of happy ambiguity, kind of, <laughs> that I'll keep things going as far as private coaching and as far as, you know, live workouts and all that stuff goes mm-hmm. for as long as they feel like it's a, of benefit and service to them. Keep the good work up, Lisa. So we're getting towards the end of the show now. Would you be able to tell us, have you got any offers or or gifts or anything that the listeners can get in touch with you about? Oh, fantastic. Yes. So like I was telling you earlier as a thank you, because I'm so appreciative when I get to be a guest on a podcast, because I truly do understand how much work this is, not just to make it like make the thing, (laughs) but also for people to listen. So as a thank you, in the show notes, because I know you're on that, there will be a link for a free workout guide. Okay. Tell us what it is verbally. Then if people are listening, they may, do you know, you know, do you know, so, is there a, a, a website or something like that they can get it from? Yeah. So it'll be, it's URL specific to my website and the yeah. name of your podcast. Mm-hmm. And it is a downloadable, digital, printable workouts that are pre-made. They're ready to go that you can do at your house. Now, that being said, and I'll work in my contact information on this one, because this is where I get my trainer hat on. The workouts are a foundationally based thing. So you can make them harder. You can make them easier depending on where your body is at. That being said, whenever you get into a workout, if you feel that you are working from a place of pain or you don't know how to change things to accommodate you and whatever you entails, please, please, please talk to me and ask me. So the two easiest ways to get a hold of me are either via the website, which is www.ahealthfullife.org or via Instagram. And my handle is my name, which is at Lisa Peronzo. So you can DM me on Instagram. That's usually fastest. The website has links to all of the social media and email and all that kind of stuff. But please send me a message if you download that, if you're not sure how to do an exercise, if you're not sure what kind of weights to incorporate, if that's what you're wanting to do. You know, if you're coming back from an injury and you don't know how to work around it, these are questions that I welcome and I respond to, not anybody else. Fair enough. Lisa Peronzo is spelled P-E-R-A-N-Z-O. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Lisa, listen, thanks for doing this. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for helping people with the the free workouts. And it's been great to be in touch. You made me very jealous with the weather uh, (laughs) because 
<laughs> we've had some shocking weather over. It's just started to brighten up a little bit. So um, keep your fingers crossed for me. Lisa, I will. Thank you. Very much. Thank you. I hope this podcast gives you inspiration. And if you want to contact me, I'm Andy Arter and it's transformyourwealthandhealth at gmail.com. Thank you.